folks, why don't we take a break in negativity for three or four weeks? Doug Ford has asked us to take a break from the negativity for the next three to four weeks. And so I'm going to leave it aside. I am at least, I don't know about three or four weeks. I'm just, I'll give you today. How about that? I'll give you today. And I, what I want to focus in on are the positives. And the positives are we are going to get vaccines out to more places in the province. There are more vaccines coming in. The age groups are being lowered. Hotspots are being targeted. Teachers are going to get vaccinated. Things are going to get better. They are. And the question you need to ask yourself, and I, I offer this I offer this without even a shred of sarcasm or cynicism. You need to ask yourself, are you part of the solution? Are you part of the problem? Are you part of the solution? Let me look at these numbers here in terms of vaccinations. As of March 27th, just under 75% of people over the age of 80 had received a first dose of a vaccine. That's according to federal government data. This is Canada-wide, 75% over 80. 75 and over, that number drops under 50%. People over the age of 70, it goes down again under 30%. The unfortunate reality is, is as you see these numbers coming down in terms of, you know, who's eligible to begin getting a vaccine, part of the issue is we haven't actually completed the older age cohorts, which speaks to Something we're going to have to deal with, and that is vaccine hesitancy. And to help me talk about it, I am pleased to welcome back to the program Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, a family physician and a vaccine expert. Do you feel happy, doctor? Do I feel happy? I feel yeah. ecstatic, actually. Happy is the word for it. And I'll share something with you. This whole issue around vaccine hesitancy, I'd like to put a little red mark through that. And not in any artificial way, but in a way which is meaningful to people. Vaccine hesitancy is what forms the very backbone of what I call informed consent. Vaccine hesitancy asks the very same questions that Health Canada is asking, that I'm asking as a clinician and vaccine researcher. They're good questions. They're questions that are reasonable things that drive research to do better. And the top two considerations in vaccine hesitancy, when people have that, they're asking questions like, is this safe? Are there side effects? Those are the same questions that we all want to know. And the good news is this, the safety of all of the vaccinations that Health Canada has approved is, is very much there. We know the chance of dying from the disease goes down to practically zero. Arguably, COVID-19 is currently a vaccine-preventable disease. I've got to be careful because there are variants of concern which may not necessarily have the same efficacy rates. But for now, the B117, the original variant, well, guess what? Those are, those are susceptible to our vaccines, which is wonderful news. And we also know that when it comes to side effects of the vaccines, aside from the local side effects, you know, the predictable four out of five people are going to at the injection site, a little bit of redness, basically it's well tolerated. There may be some mild flu-like symptoms in the first few days, but it's, it's, it's a well-tolerated vaccine. That is the, the two biggest concerns, but there are other things as well. 
I, I, I love that. So we should perhaps reframe it as, you know, hesitancy is just being about being informed. All right, so let's deal with the first one, which is, is it safe? And I think that I, I think that there's a lot of people out there that are willing to believe that it's safe. It's just that uh, I don't want to be the first in line. Maybe I'll wait a couple of month, months. Could you address that? Oh, totally. You're pointing out what a lot of people are asking, which is, what does this whole thing about accelerated research mean? And I'll share something with you. The research did not change. The scientific aspects did not change one iota. They are the same pre-pandemic, during pandemic, and they will remain the same post-pandemic. So the science, the way it's approached, has not changed. What has accelerated the process is that billions of government dollars, capital B, has been invested into the research process. Do we see, I ask you, Alan, do we see the thousands of vaccines that have failed? No, we don't see it. No one talks about it. And that's a bias in medicine, for sure. It's only the positive studies that people talk about. So we're seeing the top contenders coming out, which is really exciting. But there are other things, too. I mean, what accelerated the process was making everything from the vaccines themselves in advance of knowing that they would even work, right? To the package inserts, to the boxes, to to figuring out how are we going to distribute these, the distribution chains, the inventory. All of this is taken for granted by people. This took a huge amount of work from background people that just basically seem to have got lost in the fray. And these are heroes in this, because that is what accelerated the process. What accelerated the process is Health Canada doing rolling reviews. In other words, looking at the data as it was coming in, as opposed to looking at it only as a whole huge pile at the very end, which is typically what they'll do. Many people don't realize. You know, Moderna, Pfizer, guess what? Their original clinical trials are still ongoing as we speak and will be ongoing for another two years. Because they're trying hard to look, is there any safety signal at all that they should see in their products? I'm speaking with Dr. Iris Gorfinkel, who's a family physician and also a vaccine expert. In my preamble, I pointed out the, uh, this number, which I think really jumps out at me. This is Canada-wide, people over 75. It is under 50% who have received a first dose. In many places, that might be just lack of vaccines, but mm, I'm not seeing that in in Ontario. So could could you address that 50% who maybe are just, you know, waiting right now? Well, I think a good part of it is that we're not doing a good enough job of bringing vaccines to people. You know, how many people are actually living in long-term care institutions? Most of the most of our folks that are over 75 are independent. They're listening right now. They're sitting at home and they're asking themselves, how am I going to get to that center? I don't even have Internet connectivity. How am I going to reach out? And Ontario health teams are trying to bridge that gap by bringing vaccines to people. So the answer to that is call your family doctor who can then put your name on a list to the Ontario health team so that you can get vaccine delivered to you at home. And there are, there are also, they're, they're planning on bringing vaccines to individuals. So right now we're all about, oh, you got to get to the vaccine center. So that's a barrier, right? How are you going to drive there if you don't have a car? How are you going to get there if you can't even get to the front door? It's hard enough. So for individuals who are having those barriers, there are 
things that are being put in place as we speak to try to bring vaccinations to other people. But once we're on that happy topic, let's talk about the 17, well, it's about 16% of Canadians overall who have been vaccinated. Hmm. I can't believe that number. That number is phenomenal. That's really good. We've got to keep going in that direction. And we have to, of course, keep mitigating because we know none of these things are 100%. But it's that combination of things we're doing. That combination of the imperfectly moving parts that defines success in the long run. It is no question a race to get people vaccinated as the variants of concern are on a rapid rise. I'm speaking with Dr. Iris Korfinkel. I will uh, leave the segment with uh, Doug Ford. And Doug Ford, if you could just bring him in one more time. This was his, his message to the province yesterday. Folks, why don't we take a break in negativity for three or four weeks? So after three or four weeks, uh, what do you expect to have happen? If we, if we shelve our negativity for three to four weeks, where are we going to be, Dr. Gorfinkel? Let's put it this way. In Ontario, we had 100,000 people get vaccinated. Think about that number. Think about where we were a year ago. I mean, this is incredible that we have four vaccines. We now have millions of vaccines coming in. And, and I'll, I'll share another feel good for you. How many of those vaccines are actually getting into arms? So far, we're doing a pretty reasonable job. Ontario and Quebec are fairly neck-to-neck. We've got two-thirds of the vaccines that we currently have in stock that have gone into arms. And, you know, efforts are being made to get them into as many arms as possible. You know, it's interesting. I went for dose two today, and I was turned away. I was told. And I'm a family doctor. Here I am, ready to get that second dose. They're like, nope, get in line, Buster. It's June the 24th. So that's when I'm going for my next dose, four months later. I think that makes a lot of sense, but I do get concerned about those individuals who are at highest risk, those who are over 75, say they've got a serious lung problem, kidney problem, blood cancer, you know, they've got some kind of serious immune deficiency. Those individuals do need to get vaccinated before four months. That is not acceptable. Hmm. Those individuals should be vaccinated between two and three months. And again, this is an advocacy piece. Advocate for yourself if you're able to. Call your family doctor. Get them to write that note. Get them to make sure you're vaccinated earlier if possible. Great advice there, doctor. Thank you so much, Dr. Iris Gorfinkel. Always great having you on. Please take care. Many thanks. All the best.